her friends growing up, one of my mom's friends, actually, her uh, second husband just passed away, and so we just want to remember Barb uh, in your prayers. Some of you are aware of Angela Selly. Her son is a freshman at uh, Harwood. He just had to have um, surgery to break his sternum. It fell in, and they had to break it so it would be out, and uh, he's recovering from surgery. I was able to see him uh, this past week, and he is not enjoying being in the hospital, and he's not enjoying the fact that he's going to spend his 15th birthday on uh, his back laying in bed. And there's several other requests that we have, but Kathy, won't you just lead us in prayer? And that's if you'll hear me from here, I betcha. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we are Easter people. We know that you are with us. We are so grateful for your grace. We pray to help us remember you are here with us in this service. And if there are friends we have that need healing, that need salvation, we pray that you'll be aware of that because you know our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. We are so grateful for those that volunteer and take part in the life of the church. Church is certainly more than a sermon. It's certainly more than gathering. It's being followers of Jesus and going where he leads us, we, we obey. We do thank you for your giving of tithes and offerings and uh, helping us in those ways. Uh, Dr. Carl, if you could just make your way to the front. This is Dr. Carl Eastlack. He is, I guess, technically my boss, um, but... As the Wesleyan denomination is a denomination, it's split up into districts, and our district merged with a larger district, but now we just call it the Northeast District. But if you would just give greetings, and uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to be with you all again today. The last time I saw you was before the pandemic, before that thing happened. And uh, while it's still happening to some degree, isn't it nice to be able to get out again and to drop uh, the masks if you're able to? If you're not able to, wear the masks. I think that uh, at this point, uh, we look to one another to make our decisions and all of that. I just appreciate uh, in the state of Vermont here and throughout the country. I live in Pennsylvania and traveled up yesterday. It's good to be with you. The Wesleyan Church is a connection of about 1,600 churches around uh, the United States, uh, here in the Northeast, uh, where I uh, oversee this region of the eight states of the Northeast, including all of Metro New York City, too. Philadelphia, Boston, some of the great cities of our country are within the Northeast region where I, I lead. We have 120 congregations. You're part of that connection of churches called the Wesleyan Church. And uh, I am very honored to be able to uh, serve in any way that I can each of our churches by resourcing by helping the, the pastors and giving them uh, what they need to be able to do what's expected of them. Uh, and uh, it's just so nice to be getting out and about again to get around to our, our churches. And uh, Anita and I, my wife Anita, and I pray every morning over our breakfast. We take time and just have some family devotions together. And we pray through, the, through this region, through the Northeast for the 120 churches. We pray blessing upon you. We pray blessing upon your pastor and his family. You have a wonderful pastor. God has given you a good man. He's the real deal, if you know what I mean. There's not, there's not a fake about him. He's the real deal. 
He's genuine, and uh, I've grown to love him over these last few years as I've gotten to know him. And any way that our office down in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I live, is able to support you, uh, we're here to do just that. But I wanted you to know that this is a, a very unusual hour in our country right now, the season that we're in, and not, not a summer-fall season, but this cultural season that we're in, and over the last maybe four or five years, has been very disorienting to a lot of churches. We were, we're, we were caught a little flat-footed, not only by the pandemic, we were caught a little flat-footed by the rapid change in the way that our culture is living and expressing itself, and in many ways, how fast so many in the younger culture in our cities and towns are uh, walking away from organized faith, organized expressions of faith, and are finding God in their own paths and their own ways. And the church that organizes and gathers on a Sunday morning like you do here, we often scratch our heads and say, Lord, help us to understand. And I know that you have a pastor here, and this particular congregation is one of the churches in this connection of Wesleyan churches that is trying to say, Lord, help us to understand the heart cry of this generation. You know, every generation has what we call a gateway question, a gateway question. So my generation, the gateway, and, and what I mean by gateway is a question that goes to their heart, that helps you unlock understanding them. My generation, the gateway question is, what is truth? What is true? And each generation following has had different, that different gateway question. It's interesting, the 18 to 30-year-old generation right now, some of you might fall into that, and then the one that's coming up behind you, the 12 to 18-year-olds, their question right now, a gateway question, is what is beautiful? What is beautiful? And they're looking, they're looking for the beauty in people, in all kinds of expression of people. They're looking for beauty in, in the creation. And it's an interesting thing. And in so I just leave you with that this morning as a, as a thought, as we continue to want to reach our culture with the good news and the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. His words, his lifestyle, and his, what he wants to bring to us is beautiful. It is also true. It's amazing. He reaches all generations. So I pray for you. I pray for your pastor that God would give you that wonderful vision of what it is, not just to be a little gathering yourselves, but how to express that love and that beauty outside your church. I love the idea of Bree Coffee. He told me that you all did a uh, filling of the, of the washer fluid in the cars here. You have to know what, what, how meaningful that is to people that you go out of your way. You're showing the love of Christ in special ways. So I commend you. It's nice to be with you today. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Sorrow. And uh, as we continue, you obviously uh, see how I had him say nice things before I spoke, because if I had him come up after I speak, uh, maybe there's some corrections he'd need to make. But we will continue and get to the baby dedication uh, shortly. But as I was going through Luke, as we continued this month, the last couple months through Luke, and looked at the Easter story through the eyes of Dr. Luke, 
we come to this passage, Luke 24, verse 36. And just as they were telling about it, the experience of Jesus, what they had seen, what they had witnessed, as soon as they were uh, telling, reminiscing, talking about the good feelings, all the emotions of remember when? Yeah, I was there. Do you uh, remember that? Oh, I saw it from this vantage point. Just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. And he said, peace be with you. So if you were going to title this, it's when Jesus shows up. This could have a period. It could have an exclamation point. It could be a question mark. When Jesus shows up, what? Well, have you ever been caught in a precarious position? This, we are streaming. I won't use names, but um, I like to buy and sell stuff. And I think I can do okay with it. But sometimes I end up buying stuff more than I do selling stuff. But you have to listen to this story all the way through. Sean, don't tweet anything until we are done this story. I am at the uh, Waterbury Post Office next to Maxie's about to pick up some weights. I like to, well, I like to work out. You all know that, obviously. I tried to find a smaller jacket, but I didn't have any. So, um, so I was trying to buy some weights, and I pull into the parking lot, and somebody waves at me. And so I wave back at him. It's like, hey, awesome. So I roll my window down. They say, are you Jeff? I was like, I am. Do you have the weights? They're like, No. But you're Jeff's like, yeah, I'm Jeff. Do you have the ways? Like, no. It's like, oh. So I roll the window back up. And then I like to listen to sermons, podcasts, because I'm a learner. Leaders are, or learners are leaders, right? Or whatever the expression is. But I listen at 1.7 speed because the more you, anyway, I just do. So it's kind of like the chipmunks. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it does to me. But let me get to the point. So I'm listening to Chuck Swindoll, Insight for Living, a sermon at like, 1.7 speed because he's a really slow talker so you can speed it up then i get a knock on my door oh did i say this is wednesday this is wednesday so i get a knock on the window so i roll the window down and the person next to me that said are you jeff and i said yes and i said do you have the weights and they said no they said well happy 420 and they gave me first time in my life maybe i shouldn't admit it they gave me a rolled uh something that i think you're supposed to smoke which i didn't mom dad i didn't smoke it but they hand it through the window and i'm a nice guy i just like oh thank you and so i roll the window up and there is an odor and i i've never in my life ever uh, smoked marijuana, weed, whatever, whatever you call it. So I roll up the window and I have it in my hands and I'm like, now what am I going to do? Like, I can't throw it out. They're there. This person's coming to get the weight. It's like, okay. Uh, so I put it above the visor in the car and I'm waiting for this person. And I text like, Hey, I'm here for the weight. Are you on your way? They said, I'm almost there. It's good. So I get the weight and then when I get back into the car to drive home, there's an odor. There's like a fragrance that I'm not familiar with. But then I'm like, oh, it could only be one thing. And I'm like, I could throw it out of my car. But then you start to overthink. I'm like, who saw me in Waterbury take this joint from this person? I did not exchange any money. That was only for the weight. So there was no exchange of money. And so I get home and Bethany and Jay and my nephew were there. I'm like, uh, Beth, she's like, yeah. It's like, uh, I have something to tell you, show you. And I, I have a joint and she's like, what? So I kind of explained her the story and then I, uh, throw it in the toilet and flush it. And because I wanted witnesses, right? So they knew that's what I did with it. 
But then Bethany and Jay and my nephew, they went down to Williston or whatever in the car. And then when they got home, they said, Jeff, like there is still a fragrance in that car. And I'm like, really? That was the only one. I didn't smoke it. Nothing happened. But what do you do when Jesus shows up? Like, you're like, uh, Jesus, really, I was not doing anything. Or do you get kind of embarrassed? Like, um, I was trying to have a conversation, and I thought I was really being cool and hip and relating, but then somebody says, hey, it was a great service on Sunday. And they're like, oh, so you're a pastor. And then mid-conversation, you thought you were really being cool and fitting in, and then somebody just outed you as being a Christian or a pastor. Or you're eating breakfast with somebody and you're just talking about life, and somebody says, hey, uh, pastor, what's going on? Or they say to you in your profession, hey, it was good to see you at church, or it was lovely seeing you at Bible study, and all of a, a sudden, you're outed as being a Jesus follower. When Jesus shows up, are you, well, nervous? Because Jesus says, peace be with you. You can live in my holiness. You can know my forgiveness. You can know that you do not have to be startled and frightened thinking they were seeing a ghost. I have to admit, when I was driving home with that joint above my visor, I was like, what if I get pulled over? Like, I'm not even, I'm not, that's probably the best driving I've ever done. Like 10 and 2, eyes on the road. I was not checking my phone. But like, there's things that happen. You're like startled and frightened. But Jesus is saying, peace be with you. After you remember what Jesus did, and you just think it was a memory, you just think it was vacation Bible school, you just think it was just church camp, you just think it was oh, an experience when I was a kid. But when Jesus shows up and he says, no, you can love me now. You can know that my forgiveness is now, my hope, this next steps I want for you. Jesus is saying, why are you frightened? Or why are your hearts filled with doubt? Don't you know that Easter took place so that we would know the truth of Jesus? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Some of the pastors I listen to, they actually work together. So they have the same message over and over that I kind of like and I've kind of picked up. And Thomas used to get a bad rap and he had a nickname. Thomas's nickname was... Doubting Thomas, because he said, well, I'm not going to believe until I see. But is it really doubt, or is he kind of being a realist? Well, Jeff, you just need to believe what God says. Well, that is true, but when's the last time that you doubted or questioned or wondered, like, could that really be true? Doubting Thomas was actually just a realist that he wanted to see and experience and know. And Jesus is saying, I'm here so you can see and know. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus has shown us who he is through his creation, through his relationships, through what he has done. We can testify to the past event in the current presence of who God is, that he loves us so much. He has showed us the reality of himself. And you can say, well, Jeff, that's just in the Christian world. Well, I will go back to what I've shared every single Easter and more Jesus' body, his remains have never been found. People have done searches. They try to find the tomb. They want to find the DNA of where was Jesus buried? Where are his remains? And those have never been found because Jesus is alive. He was able to show his disciples, his followers, his hands and feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. 
don't get too far ahead. I do love how Jesus always likes to eat. Like, this is the best part about Jesus. This is like the new revelation of reading through the gospels. Like, Jesus is always saying, let's eat. Like, Zacchaeus, I want to go to your house because you have a big refrigerator. I want to go and let's eat. But before that, they stood in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. For me, I thought, when was the last time there was disbelief, joy, and wonder? And I could only think of one thing, and this was twice in my life when my children were born. This is very similar to the birth of your child. Like when your wife is pregnant, then you are already a father. When your wife is pregnant, the baby is alive. When your wife is pregnant, there's just something awesome. But when the baby is born, you are filled with, how did this happen? How am I a father? And I am so filled with joy and wonder, but, well, I'm kind of scared too. They were filled with disbelief, joy, and wonder. And sometimes the presence of God brings that to us where we can't believe that he would love us so much, but he does. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? What does Jesus care most about? Many would say, and you could correctly uh, get to the point that Jesus cares about salvation, but what deeper than salvation? He com- he cares about communing with you, the relationship with you. He wants to find that conversation where he can teach you. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Can you imagine putting yourself in the story? giving Jesus the fish and watching Jesus eat. This person that you saw on the cross, that you heard how he was buried, that you have eyewitnesses saying that, no, he's no longer in the tomb. And you think he's a ghost. You think he's a spirit. You think like there's no way he can chew the food. He can swallow the food. You're just looking or watching, or I would be like saying like, let's see the next cool party trick, Jesus. Like, what are you going to do now? And they watched him intently to see how he ate his food because they were so overwhelmed that he was with them. Sometimes we get to the point where Jesus is our best friend, that we aren't overwhelmed by the great reverence for the Savior being with us. We can have great joy and wonder, but we must also be reverent because he wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to have fellowship with us. And this is the hope that he gave that as they watched, he was saying, I am here for you to learn about me. When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures because the Bible is not just to dust off when you're going through a hard time. The Bible is not just to open up on January 1st and you're trying to do a New Year's resolution. Scripture is not just when you need something. Scripture is that love letter that tells the relationship that God wants for you and desires from us that we would know him and make him known. He opened their minds to understand the scripture because Scripture is to be applied to every situation. It is not, give me the situation, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with it. Let me find a scripture verse that I can put on a t-shirt, that I can put on a bumper sticker, that could be my vision. I have a situation of what I want to do, what I feel I need to accomplish. Now let me get a scripture that aligns. How about 
God's saying that we must understand the scripture so the scripture changes how we think, how we behave. It motivates us to uh, live righteously, to be kind, to go after God. It is the filter. It is the guide that we need to take us to the next place. It's been said that uh, Jesus wants to be our tour guide, not our travel agent. Our tour guide, not our travel agent. Well, God, just tell me what to do. I'll, I'll get get to it when I get to it. And God's like, no, I, I want to go with you. I want you to see how this applies to everything you're going through, that I make sense, that it does not calculate the way that you learn. But if you live by faith and follow me, then you will know these things. And in verse 46, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. If you're familiar with the gospel letter, Mark, he writes a lot about uh, Jesus saying, after America, don't tell anybody it's me. Mark says, who John, that's John Mark, who his biggest resource was Peter, uh, but he writes a lot about, hey, after I do a miracle, after this healing happens, don't tell people I'm the Messiah. Don't tell people I'm the Christ. And all of a sudden, there's a switch. If you look at the end of the mark, at the end of the book of Mark, then Jesus is saying, You look here, Jesus is finally saying, I am the Messiah. I am God in the flesh. I am the Christ. I am the one that you need to put your faith in. He was identifying as the one that was prophesied about that would suffer, die, and rise again. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Wait, let's, let's back up. That this message would be proclaimed to all the nations. That this message would be proclaimed to all Vermonters, all Northeasters, all Flatlanders, all people. That this gospel would be proclaimed by his people, his followers, to others, that they might know his salvation, his freedom, his healing, his peace. His peace. You are witnesses of all these things. You have seen, you have heard, you've experienced church, congregation. We have seen, we have been witnesses to, we have attended classes, we have been to seminars, we have felt the Holy Spirit. But this is not just be a witness, this is be a participant. Do we participate? I enjoy sports. I like it a lot. Maybe too much. I don't think so. I have a good healthy balance, right, Beth? Yeah, she's nodding. Maybe. I don't know. Don't look back. Um, so I have like this healthy balance, but there's sometimes when I play old man pickup basketball, and by old man pickup basketball, you think like old guys that can't run anymore, but there's more and more young guys that show up. And I, I used to be like, Never the best player. I was never the best player. See how humble I am? Humble brag right there. I was never the best player, but sometimes I would get the ball. Like they would look for Jeff. They would pass the ball to Jeff. Let Jeff shoot. But more and more when I show up, old man basketball turns into like these young guys running around. And I'm like happy that I missed my foul shot. And I'm on the side watching them so I can hydrate and, and catch my breath. But Jesus is saying, witnesses, 
It's not to be on the sideline so you can catch your breath. You are a participant. I want to use you in a game. What I love about basketball is because you have five players playing as one unit. You know your roles. You get fit together. It's just amazing. And God's saying for the church, this is what I want you to do. Some of you are gifted musically. Some of you are gifted teaching. Some of you are gifted with children. Some of you are gifted with serving. Some of you are just gifted with just being present with people. Yeah, how about you use your gifts for God? Be participants because you've seen God work, you've seen God move, that we can come together and be the church in this local church. We can be the church of God made up of many parts in this local church that others would know that God cares about them just as much as he loves us. Participants, not just on the sideline, not saying, hey, my best days are gone, but saying, I have something to offer. Luke 24, 49, and now I will send you the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until you, the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. How many days was it from this time to Pentecost? How many days? How many days? How many days? That was 10. I read 10. Now you confuse me. Mom said 40. I was like, wait, I thought that was like Easter Lent. Now I'm all confused. Now, uh, strike that from the record. Somebody can type it in the chats how many days it was from the time that Jesus ascended to the time of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. You can type that in, and then we can all go on social media and find the answer um, and see if you're correct. So check your answers. But there was a time that Jesus was saying, I'm leaving this earth in bodily form. I'm completely God, but I'm also completely man. Therefore, Jesus was restricted by time time and place. Jesus, as a human, was restricted by time and place. He could only be with one person at a time. That's why when Jairus, Jairus, Jairus' daughter was sick, he could not go straight to her. He had to stop and pause for the woman that had been battling blood for those 12 years. He had to stop. But now that the Holy Spirit is with us, now that the Holy Spirit is with us, it does not matter if you're in Ukraine, if you're in Uganda, or if you're in the United States. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is with us, caring about every need, speaking to us, so we can respond to this question when Jesus shows up. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you. When Jesus shows up, do we respond with great obedience? Or are we still startled and frightened that, oh, God, you, you're probably mad at me? Or, Jesus, wh why are you convicting me? Or, oh, God, I'm so filled with shame and guilt. Or do we say, Jesus, I'm so glad that you showed up because now, now I can continue to follow you in spirit and in truth. I can love you in action and deed. I can know that you are with me, that you have a plan for your, my life. I don't have to wait till I have free time. I don't have to wait till I know enough, but I can just be used of you where I am. I am not filled with fright and being startled, but I am filled with the peace of who you are. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Uh, Kenny, Kellen, Clara, Kieran, if you just make your way up. Now, I would say this was on purpose, but it was not. I actually thought I had uh, oil in the truck, but I did not. So hand sanitizer, I mean, I, he, it's a new day, right? So um, we're going to anoint uh, Kieran because whether it's 
oil, which represents the Holy Spirit. It's what it represents. It's no power and special oil. Now, if somebody wants to do a fundraiser and they can buy this Living Hope Wesleyan Church oil for whatever, $19.99, like you could do it. It's a great donation, but there's no special power in the oil. It's what it represents. It represents Jesus. And so we just want to celebrate Jesus. But we want to celebrate Jesus and the fact that before Kieran was ever born, God ordained his steps. When Kieran was in Kellen's womb, God had a plan that he was beautifully and wonderfully made, that God has a plan for Kieran as he has for Clara, and not just for this family, but for us as a congregation, that we would come alongside them. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So, as is the tradition within the Wesleyan denomination, I ask you a question, and if I ask, will you, the correct answer is, we will. If I say, do you, the correct answer is, I do. If you mix them up, God understands. But um, Kenny and Kellen came and asked if they could dedicate uh, Kieran to the Lord. Because as Christians, they believe it's appropriate that as Christian parents that they raise Kieran, understanding the scriptures, understanding that Jesus is not just what he did way back then, but who he is for us now. And so... Will you do your best to commit to raising Kieran, as you've stated, Clara, in the way of the Lord, that he would understand the scriptures, that he would be prayed for, that he would know Jesus as Savior, and hopefully make that choice to make him Savior of his life? If so, answer, we will. will. And now, church, congregation, body of Christ, will you commit to praying for Kieran? As God reminds, and you're like, God, why do you show up now? Like, I have my own busyness. I don't want to take care of another kid. Well, you don't have to take care of another kid, but you have to obey God. So if God's saying, like, it'd be awesome if you would babysit Kieran and Clara and let Kenny and Kellen go out for dinner, or if you just, just pray for them on his birthday, or if you would just remember, then this is where the church, we get involved and we commit to intercede and pray for and pray with. So, church... Will you commit with me to interceding and praying for Kieran Oliver White? If so, answer, we will. We will. And so, I think I have a picture, Clara. Do you want to see the picture? Who's that, Clara? Dr. Collar, you just joined me. Hi. Oh, hold on. Yeah, hey, he's smiling. Hey, right? Keep smiling. I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Carl if you would pray. Um, well, actually, I'm going to pray for the family, and if you would pray for the congregation, that for all of our children that we've committed to praying for, that we would be the church that would follow with them. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for Kieran, for the beautiful creation he is, for the purpose that you have for his life. And Jesus, we just pray that he would grow up, just finding you, knowing you, and making you known, that your Holy Spirit would just be received by him in such a powerful way that where he walked, where he went, people would know the truth of you by his smile, by his gentleness, by his kindness. We pray, God, that Kieran would be used by you in a very special way, and he would be reminded 
of your goodness, of your truth, but also his parents that took the time to display you, took the time to pray with him, took the time to explain your scriptures. Jesus, we thank you so much for Kieran and his life, and we just present him to you today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And Lord, I pray for this congregation today. I'm aware, Lord Jesus, that when your disciples who were adults and religious men tried to keep children away from you, thought that you were too busy for that. And Lord, you, you said to the disciples, let those children come to me. And so, Lord Jesus, today, we want that to be a part of the banner of this church. Let the children come to you. We want to be open-handed, open-armed, but with that comes responsibility that we're going to be good shepherds to these children, that we're going to help the parents in discipling these children in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for this family, and I thank you for all the young families with children here today. But I pray for this church that we would sense the community responsibility to love on these kids and to give them every chance to know the grace and love of Jesus in their lives as they grow in Luke 2.52, as they grow in wisdom and stature, favor with God, favor with man. So I pray that upon this church, in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much. And so we have a couple of scriptures that Kellen asked to be read. Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has made every beautiful thing in its time. And then we look at 1 Samuel 1.27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition. And finally, Luke 1.45. Blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So Kenny, Kellen, we say congratulations, and we certainly are here for you and Clara and Kieran as well. Thank you so much. Please uh, clap for them. <clears throat> and as we uh, close, Clara already found them, but we do have sidewalk chalk. Some of you are aware that uh, it's spring break for the students, for the staff here. And so we did it a couple years ago, and it worked really well, and we'd like to do it again as you're able. Maybe you are an introvert, and you do not want to eat in front of people, so you can take your food and color with sidewalk chalk outside, or you just would like to send a nice greeting to these students that return to school tomorrow. Not making fun, but an observation at times, students will have headphones in, a hat on, and walk into school, not with a bright smile, I can't wait to get back, but with their head down like, ugh, I have to go back. So how about we write some expressions of joy? We say, the world needs you, or smile loudly, or my favorite one, you are not alone. You could say, welcome back. You could say, the school year's almost done. You can write Something of joy as kids return tomorrow, as faculty return tomorrow, that they would enter the school just knowing that we are for them. Now, a quick caveat, maybe. If you want to put like a scripture verse or write, Jesus loves you, I say this carefully, but sometimes it's better to pray for someone than pray with someone. So some of the things that you would love to put and you hope these kids and faculty know and understand we can pray for them and one day celebrate with them 
the joy of Jesus. So let's just encourage the kids. Let's celebrate uh, Kieran and let's uh, enjoy one another this Sunday afternoon. So I'll pray for the food. I don't know if you have to pray for brunch. I guess it's a meal. You don't have to pray for appetizers. That's what somebody told me. Only, only that is, that is a joke. But uh, Jesus, we thank you again for this time together. We thank you for Kieran and his life. We thank you for a place to serve and a place that allows us to fellowship with you. So Jesus, we thank you that you dine with us, that you commune with us, that you have the best for us. We love you, Father, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. As you dismiss, we're just going to close with this final song.